What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. It's the NBA Wednesday recap show, and we have 10 games in the NBA to dive into and look at all things fantasy basketball. What can we learn, and uh, are there any moves that we need to make? Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we are recapping the 10 games that were on the Wednesday, uh, the 20th of December uh, in the NBA, getting up close to Christmas now. And uh, we're going to go through all 10 games today. I have recently done a buy low show, which you can check out as the most recent podcast or video over on YouTube. I haven't yet recorded the um, the sell high show, which I will be recording soon and dropping probably over the weekend sometime um, and then also a preview show for next week and then hopefully that can kind of cover a little bit of the Christmas period where I will uh, won't be recording um, you know maybe quite as much or, or be quite as active on social media so still look out for the sell high show which is coming later on this week and also the week. 10 preview show, which will come on the weekend, uh, previewing the week of Christmas in the NBA. But today, we're going to get stuck into it. I am, uh, just for transparency, recording this podcast as the final game of the day is still being played. It didn't look particularly close when I left it at three-quarter time, the Celtics versus the Kings. And at the moment, the Celtics are up 23. So I don't think from this point, there's too much to be learned for that game. So uh, yeah, just... While we are here, let's get stuck into it straight away. We're going to start over with the Charlotte Hornets versus the Indiana Pacers. And the Pacers win fairly comfortable after being close in the first half. In the third quarter, they put the uh, the pedal down to the metal and uh, you know got away very quickly. But Terry Rozier continues to play really, really well. He had 29, oh, sorry, 25 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, and a steal. The uh, efficiency is coming down, so he shot poorly from the field, only 2 of 10 from the three-point line, but still perfect from the free-throw line. Uh, One turnover. He has a chance to really smash ADP this season, so I don't think that if you're thinking of selling him high that the expectation that he returns back to about where you draft him, I think he's going to end up being a decent pick, and he is someone that has previously in the past done previously in the past, obviously. Um, <laughs> he has put up top 40 numbers before, so he is someone that I would be wanting to at least get a top 40 player back, more likely a top 30 guy. Um, and I think the expectation is that he's more likely sort of a top 50 player from this point, even when Lamella Ball does come back. Uh, but it is not surprising to me to see his efficiency pull back from what he had been doing prior to the last couple of games. So, um, But the volume is still there. He's he's pretty good as a low turnover guy if you worry about that. And he can give you some some really nice assists, threes, and free throw percentages good as there as well. So he is looking all right still. Brandon Miller is also looking all right, at least while Lamella Ball is out and there's less of that minutes crunch going on. And uh, he's putting up decent scoring numbers. So he's probably outperformed my expectations so far and is definitely someone you can have rostered. Although I don't think he's going to be super dominant when it comes to defensive stats and assists and things like that. He definitely does at least enough to be on fantasy rosters in category and points leagues. Let's talk about the center here. Uh, Nick Richards, who only played the 19 minutes. Um, He had 3,000 this game, which might have limited his time a little bit, but they... 
opted to play PJ Washington a fair bit at the center position in today's game. So if we were to say that Nick Richards played 19 minutes and that was going to be his role moving forward, he'd be a drop and he would be someone you have to worry about. I don't think I'm there just yet because the Mark Williams doubtful tag continues to roll through and we have no idea how long he's going to be out. But Nick Richards is not the kind of guy, he's a good fantasy producer when he gets the minutes, but he's not a good enough NBA player to guarantee that he's going to be out there 28 to 30 minutes a night every game. He just isn't quite that level of player. So if you wanted to move on to have a more longer term add in mind, I don't think it's someone you have to hold on to, but I do think he's going to be better than this, and I expect him to play more than 19 minutes on most nights and give you those rebounds, field goal percentage, and blocks uh, that you know typical big man can do, but obviously a disappointing game in this one here. Also, disappointing game for Gordon Hayward, whose volume was down low again, and this is it's a little bit up and down for Hayward in terms of the usage rate this season, which is a little bit confusing. Uh, 11 points. He's did it efficiently, 3 of 5 from the field, but like I said, only 5 field goal attempts. He did have the 6 free throw attempts um, and the 2 turnovers. So his usage... It's yeah, it's a bit up and down. Like he, he can sometimes go games where he takes like seventeen field goal attempts and games where he takes five, like in this game. So it's um a little bit of a weird one. I still think he's a hold for the most part, giving you back end value. Um and he's still healthy, which is the main thing, which is, you know, probably a recent record for Gordon Hayward, so good on him. Uh, Miles Bridges continues to, you know, be okay, but not outstanding. Three steals in this game is nice. Not terrible from the field, but not super efficient either. Um, 19 points, four rebounds, three assists, no blocks, no threes. He's okay. He probably is better when Lamella Ball is in the team. And PJ Washington, despite playing 26 minutes, which can sometimes be enough for him. He's not really getting it done so so far. He's a bit up and down, and we know that about him. 12 points, four rebounds, and nothing else. He did have two threes. Um, when Mark Williams does come back, I think he will move into that drop territory, and he's not a high upside guy at the moment. So in shallower leagues, you don't have to have P.J. Washington, um, but I think in standard 12s, for the most part, he should be at least on some kind of roster. The rest of this team, there's nothing really to worry about. Um, the minutes are... I was going to say they're, they're down, but not really. Um, Gordon Hayward, 23. I double-checked that one, and, and I haven't actually had a look at this one. Maybe I should have double-checked this before, but did, he didn't get injured, did he? Gordon Hayward, because that would explain the low usage there in this game. Um, oh, he was sick. Okay, so he was questionable going into this game with illness. He ended up playing, so maybe they've just limited his minutes because he was sick heading into the night. So... Maybe that's an excuse for him. This sort of leads me to think if you were on the edge of dropping him, I would give him a bit longer to let him bounce back and hopefully he feels a little bit better and his tummy's a bit, bit uh, not as quite uh, grumpy next game and uh, he can play a bit better. Moving on to the Pacers here. They, um, they yeah, like I said, just dominated in that second half. Tyrese Halliburton, 19-3 and 13 with a steal and a block. Three threes, perfect from the free throw line. Um Turnovers are up a little bit more recently, and the steals aren't as high this season. I think the pace in which they're playing is affecting his steal numbers. They're obviously not prioritizing defense as much as previous seasons, so I don't think those steals do come back up to previous year's numbers, but you're not really complaining with Tyrese. I think he's going to be a top-four player for the rest of the season. Um... Because they were sort of really cruising and I don't think any of the starters play in the final corner, the minutes are down a little bit here, but nothing really to be concerned of. Obviously, we don't have to have Obi Toppin. You can clearly go ahead and drop him. And Bruce Brown, I'm getting... I I think if you have something better on your waiver wire, he is someone you can consider dropping for sure. Um, In most cases, I try to hold on to these guys that are pretty comfortably 30-plus a night minute starters unless they're really, really poor. And Bruce Brown does have some ability... You know, 6'5 and 6, no defensive stats, but he normally is a guy that can get you some defensive stats. But he has been disappointing so far this season, so he's not a must-hold, I don't think. And if there is someone else better on the waiver wire, he is an okay guy to look at your team and assess, is he my worst player? And if he is, then yes, you can drop him. Um, Just a quick shout-out here to TJ McConnell, who I streamed in on Industry Pickup, and in the first 11 minutes, he had eight assists and just about every pass that he made that led to a shot went in. And uh, I was I was loving watching that. He had a steal, five rebounds, uh, perfect 100%, three for three from the field. He's an excellent streamer when it comes to assists and steals. And this Indiana Pacers 
um, game style is just perfect for those point guards to rack up assists um, even in limited minutes. Now, he got an extended run in this game. He had the 20 minutes in total, but he probably would have finished closer to sort of 15 or 16 minutes had it been not a blowout, and he came out in that fourth quarter, but he played through to the end there. Um, so... You know, there's been a few blowouts for the other uh, paces recently, so a lot of the bench guys are getting maybe a bigger run than they have probably before. So TJ McConnell's ranking actually looks looks pretty good over the last couple of weeks, but I think there is some outside circumstances. But he is someone that, if you're in a deeper league, 16 teams as long as you know he's playing those backup point guard minutes by himself, and they're not giving uh, and Nemhard is out then I think you can roll with him. He's an excellent streamer, but I think that some of the minutes are set to come back when the game is close. Uh, In terms of the backup center role, we did have Jalen Smith back in this game. He and Isaiah Jackson split it right down the middle with 10 minutes each, um, meaning that both of them are not really rosterable. I do think that Jalen Smith eventually wins back the majority of those minutes, and Isaiah Jackson basically goes back to being a third stringer. Um... And we don't see too many Obi Topper minutes at center, which really limits his value. So the Jackson, uh, Smith, and Turner trio took up all 48 minutes at the center position, meaning Obi Toppin only had his 22 minutes, hence why he's clear drop. And you can, I think, definitely move on from Jackson Smith if you added him for whatever reason. I don't think either of them are Ross. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In 12-team points or category leaks. Let's move on to the next game here. The Miami Heat versus the Orlando Magic. We have the last couple games had Tyler Hero return. He had a big game here. 28 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists. No defensive stats, but was super efficient. 4-3. He's perfect from the free throw line. Really, really nice line. Um, I think that, look, obviously no Jimmy Butler in this game, so his usage was a little bit higher than you would expect, but he's actually a solid rebounder. He's a better playmaker than I think he gets credit for, and the 35 minutes is super encouraging. Um, I expect more of the playmaking responsibility to go through him than Kyle Lowry, who played just the 17 minutes, three points and two assists. You can clearly go ahead and drop Kyle Lowry if he's on your roster. Bam was solid, 18-7-2 and two with a steal. Solid, but not outstanding. I think he'll be better and, and improve as he kind of comes back into up to speed. And Hami Hakez started at small forward or power forward whatever you want to call um, Caleb Barton in this game. 10 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, a steal, and a block. He did only shoot 30% from the field, missed all 3 of his 3s, and went 4 of 6 from the free throw line. So not the greatest performance. The steal and the block kind of salvaged it a little bit. I think that when we do get Jimmy Butler back, he is going to be someone that we are not having to roster. Now, I think you don't have to roster him right now. The fact that he is starting and playing 33 minutes is encouraging. So he's not a must-drop, but I just don't know how friendly his fantasy game is, especially when some of the 
better players are out there and they're soaking up a lot of the usage. I don't really see him as this dominant stocks guy or a big assist player or someone who can drain in threes. He's a bit inefficient at times, especially the free throws and things like that. So there's just not enough uh, upside, in my opinion, that you need to sit through poorer games. So if he strings together a few that are down, drop him. Even now, if there is a hot wave wire pickup, he's not someone I think we have to hold. Um, and Caleb Martin, you can move on from him. Only they played the 18 minutes because off the bench, they played uh, Hayward Highsmith, 29 minutes. It's, it's really confusing his minutes. They're up and down all over the shop. Um, so I don't think I'd be jumping onto him despite a decent game with 15, 6, and 2 with two steals and four threes. Good game, but I don't think I'd be reacting too strongly in uh, 12 or 14 team leagues. Uh, Duncan Robinson, he was a guy that I thought that would hold on to value longer than Hami Hakez. It's interesting that he's gone to the bench and Hakez is now starting. Um, but... The one thing I have said about Duncan Robinson is I think he's genuinely improved a lot as a player and added some more strings to his bow because the six assists is not an isolated incident for him this season. He's improved as a playmaker, as a pick-and-roll ball handler this season, which I think allows him to continue to play more minutes. And I think that I'm still of the opinion that I would be holding Duncan Robinson ahead of someone like Ahami Hakez. But the fact that he did only play 22 minutes and it's off the bench is not as encouraging as I thought it would be, and maybe neither of them are, are rosterable players when, when Jimmy Butler does come back. Uh, and we're back to Thomas Bryant playing backup minutes, 17 here, and Orlando Robinson getting uh, one minute, which is super, super disappointing. Uh, look, he was plus 20, so I guess he did all right in this game, but... Yeah, I mean, that's just that's just annoying to me. Over onto the Orlando Magic, we did get the return of Wendell Carter Jr. in this game. He played 23 minutes and put up 8, 6, and 1 with no defensive stats. He was efficient, 75% from the field, hit a 3, and missed one of his two free throws. Um, he's not going to be a guy that changes your world in fantasy basketball, but I do think he's a solid player, and I do think that he does get back up to those high 20s in minutes. And when he does do that, he can be sort of like a top 110-ish kind of center he is not a guy that's like a 60-plus percent field goal guy, so that affects his ranking. He's more of like a 50 to 55% because he does shoot some threes, and he's not a huge steals and blocks guy, which may affect his ranking a little bit, but he is a great rebounder. He's a solid assist guy for a big man as well, and he can score you know, 14 to 15 points per game, I think is reasonable to expect when he's up to four minutes. It is interesting to see how they handle this um, center rotation, though, and if it does actually affect his minutes, because they did play all three in this game. They played Goga Badatze, 12 minutes. They also played Mo Wagner, 17 minutes, and Carter, 23. So Carter came in first game back and played the most amount of minutes out of all three centers. Goga went from the starting center to the one that played the least amount of minutes, and I do think that you know, eventually he might be phased completely out of the rotation and um, those minutes do go to Wendell Carter Jr. So he gets closer to 30. So uh, if he's around on your waiver wire, Wendell Carter, that is, I would definitely be adding him. Be patient as he kind of ramps up his minutes and things like that. I thought there was a chance he could, um, you know, come in and play bigger minutes, but he's been out for a long time. So the conditioning is probably pretty shit. And uh, despite it being a hand injury, he might need a little bit of ramp up time. Jalen Suggs only played the 21 minute. He had his hand in a bit of a cast from his fall. I think it was a couple of games ago. He was efficient, played well, no steals. He had a block, um, was a negative 23. So wasn't really getting it done. And some of the reserves were, were kind of doing better in this game. So I thinking they just decided to limit his minutes a little bit in this one. I don't think it's anything to worry about, but we'll keep an eye on it. Um, Paolo was inefficient from the field, 2 of 12, yuck. Uh, he missed all his threes, uh, but 8 and 8 with a steal is okay, but you you know, you know want him to shoot better than that. It, this is old rookie Paolo. He has been better so far, obviously, this year with the field goal percentage, and I think that's a bit of an anomaly. And the Franz Wagner by low, I still think, is there. He had two steals and a block in this game, but still missed all of his threes. He attempted four of them. So if he hits, like, another one three here, um, you know, his line goes of six from 5 of 14 to 6 of 14. He adds, goes up to 18 points and adds a 3. It's, it's, it looks better. 2 of 4, and then he starts to really look like a really nice line. So I do think that the 3-point shooting is going to improve and his value is going to rise. So I still think and feel confident that he is a buy low. Um, Cole Anthony, 
He uh, twenty five minutes, twenty points. He's still a must roster player, definitely. He's um, he's been really good this year, actually. His efficiency is much much improved. He was usually a guy that was really tanking your field goal percentage, and that has gotten a lot better. So shout out to him for improving that, and uh, he is definitely someone who's still must roster in my opinion. And there's not really much else to talk about. You can you can go ahead and drop Wagner, uh, Mo Wagner. You can go ahead and drop Gogo Badatze. The minutes are just not going to be enough for them to be worthwhile. Let's talk about the. Minnesota Timberwolves losing to the Philadelphia 76ers and uh let's uh let's let's start by talking about Jaden McDaniels who played 37 minutes he's been in and out of lineups uh, or in and out of the the team for the Minnesota Timberwolves the last little while but has been uh back recently 37 minutes is is good he had a 21 po- 21 points three rebounds no assist had one steal and no blocks hit two threes um, but shot 8 of 12 from the field, which is obviously great, but it's obviously also unrealistic to expect that moving forward. He can be a 50% guy. So if that's uh, eight, oh, sorry, 6 of 12 and 1 of 3, take off 5 points, 16 points, 3 rebounds and a steal. It's not that exciting. It's okay. And I do think that because it is hard to find these players that play 30 to 35 minutes a night every night, he has a role in you know, category leagues more so as a defensive back-end guy. But you need to also ask yourself, are you better off streaming that position than having him? So he's definitely someone that, because of just the sheer volume of minutes and the safety in his role, he's someone to consider. And it can get you at maybe a steal and a block, like a Patrick Williams type. I view those types of players quite similarly, in my opinion. Um, maybe McDaniels doesn't quite have a similar ceiling, especially while Levine is out as a Patrick Williams. But I do view them kind of similarly. He's had a bit of a rough start to this year, and he, and he is a terrible rebounder for a guy his size, which is always frustrating. He doesn't get any assists either. So um, definitely not a great points league player. More back-end category league guy that, um, you know, there's just more safety in his role in minutes. Carlton Towns, 23-13 and two assists. Solid enough game. No defensive stats, but he did well enough. And Rudy Gobert apparently only averages uh, 20 rebounds when he's coming up against my fantasy team. Eight points, nine rebounds in 24 minutes. Had four fouls in this one and no blocks. So after, you know, dominating this year, had a bit of a down night in this game, but obviously I think he'll be fine. And uh, if only I was versing Rudy Gobert this week and not where he averaged 20 rebounds against me in three blocks. That would have been nice. Um, Anthony Edwards, 27 points, seven rebounds, five assists. He is um, solid. And the free throws, I'm convinced, are real. I think he has definitely improved in that one there. It hasn't really converted to a huge first-round ranking when it comes to his overall value. But it is good to see him improving an area of weakness that was a part of his game previously. Um, So I think that that is a positive sign, especially for his dynasty value moving forward. Where is Anthony Edwards? He's actually the 32nd. Am I sorting that my minus one? Yes, he's the 32nd ranked player when it comes to minus one. So, I mean, pretty disappointing, to be honest, if you draft him in the first round. And the reason he's there is not super clear to me. It's um, He's not quite scoring as much as we would have thought, and the threes are down. I do think that those things can improve, but he is still getting his 1.3 steals, half a block. Both those are marginally down. There might have just been some other players that have gone ahead of him. The scoring is not as good as I thought it could be so far this year. Um, but yeah, the free throw is 85.5%. Um, yeah, it's a little bit surprising that he's ranked, quote-unquote, so poorly when he's kind of doing very similar to what I expected him to do with the maybe slight asterisk there that he's not scoring quite at the elite level. But I think that that definitely can improve um, moving forward. I, I think he can be closer to sort of... He's averaging, yeah, just under 25. I think he can get over 26 when things are all said and done. So maybe it is a bit of a buy-low still for Anthony Edwards. If I can get him for someone outside the... You know, pick twenty-five. I think I'd do it if if someone's glued to those rankings. Um, what else happens in this team? Not too much. Uh, Nas Reed played twenty minutes compared to a Kyle Anderson's twelve, which is interesting. I wonder if that split is going to stick. Um, nothing. I think we need to really action right now, but maybe just something to monitor. And then, yeah, nothing else really to discuss for that team. On the 76ers, Joel Embiid, who I think just checking is the number two overall player. When it comes to minus one rankings this season, and number two as well on nine cat rankings. Actually, no, sorry, he's the number one player when it comes to minus one 
um, rankings. He is ahead of Shea Gildas Alexander um, when it comes to minus one settings. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And Shea's averaging two point eight steals per game. Man, he is putting up some big big numbers. And uh, I sent a tweet out today that. Well, I retweeted something that I said in August earlier this preseason that I wouldn't be surprised or I didn't think that Jokic was the lock for the number one pick in most fantasy drafts. Joel Embiid was the guy that I had in mind that I thought could beat him, and so far he obviously is. The fact that he's nearly averaging six assists is the biggest surprise to me actually so far for the year. He is killing it. He's also nearly averaging 90% from the free throw line on nearly 12 attempts. That is that is some Shea Gildas-Alexander type free throw volume and efficiency, um, which is it's almost a similar kind of jump because he was hovering around just above that 80 mark where he was a positive, but when it's on that like huge volume, if it slips into the negatives, it can really hurt you. But he has just gone, nah, I'm going to never miss free throws really ever again. And he went 17 of 18 from the line this game. So he is, I think, a chance for the rest of the season to be the number one player in fantasy basketball as he has been so far. Um, And yeah, it's just dominant. He can't do anything wrong. He is absolutely in cruise control. I don't know if I read out his stat line. 51 points, 12 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, a block, 17 of 25, 17 of 18 from the free throw line. Big, big, big performance. Absolutely huge. And uh, I think he can be the number one player moving forward. Tyrese Maxey is rolling as well. Um, 35 points, five assists. Uh, He had five turnovers, which is one of the strengths of his. And the turnover Nazis, I wonder if they're going to come down on him as hard as uh, as they are Cade Cunningham. Uh, I think it's fine. He obviously hit all six of his free throws and was efficient. No steals and blocks, which is what we expect from Tyrese Maxey. Not a big steals guy, although he hasn't proved so far this season. Um, But I see him more as sort of like a third-round guy, maybe a second-round guy at best, but not the first rounder that he started the season as Tobias Harris sucks even more than I thought. Uh, nine points, five rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Maybe he's cooked. I don't know. He Embiid and Maxi are doing a lot on this team, and Tobias Harris is kind of taking a bit more of a backseat. And when he wasn't shooting, when he's not shooting sixty percent from the field like he was early in the season, I don't know. The stats aren't really great there. And um, what's what's he been doing recently? Is he is he moving into the droppable zone? Uh, I'm not. I I would have thought similar to what I said with a um, uh, Jaden McDaniel's is it's just it's it's good to have those guys that have a secure role and you know they're going to play mid thirties and minutes all the time. But he um yeah, what has he been doing the last two weeks? I mean, this is nine cat. He's been like top ninety, but averaging like ten points, five and a half rebounds, two and a half assists. It's it's just eh at this stage. I think he can be better. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I've been a little bit sniffly today. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if I see him as a buy low anymore. I'll put it that way. I don't think he's a drop. Uh, as much as I don't like Tobias Harris and how boring he is, I don't know if I view him as a buy low anymore when I nearly did for a little while. Um, it's happening frequently enough now that I just go, yeah, don't know. Don't know if it's going to get that much better than this. I think it'll be better, but not that much. Um, Kelly Oubre started and played 29 minutes, and uh, we should talk about Anthony Melton, who went out injured in this game. I don't think it's any, anything very serious. It, uh, from what I saw, it was just a bit of a corky. Hit, uh, had a knee to the to the thigh, to the quad, and uh, was you know pretty sore, I'd imagine, and you know played the 16 minutes. He might miss one or two games, but I don't think it's anything dramatic. So don't drop Anthony Melton. Kelly Oubre started, played 29 minutes, and wasn't great. He was uh, you know 50%, but only six field goal attempts. Um, I don't think he's a must-roster player. He's more of a streamer to me for points and steals and maybe some threes as well. But it's it's a bit up and down when it comes to Ubre's production. And shout-out to Per 36 legend Paul Reed. Eight points, eight rebounds, three assists, three steals, and a block. 60% from the field and 100% free throws. This is why he was a guy we were all frothing about in the preseason when we thought he had a chance of getting 20 minutes, 24 minutes a night. He did this all in 11 minutes. That is a great line in that time. Um, we just can't trust it every night. So he's always just on the radar that when Embiid misses, we stream him in. We're going to have to bloody hurry this show up, guys, because I'm taking too long. Um, the Utah Jazz. Uh, Walker Kessler is back starting again. Don't know why he was coming off the bench, but you know what? John Collins is now coming off the bench. What is this? What is with this team and bringing guys off the bench after injuries and... 
I don't get it. I mean, 22 minutes, he played decent. 16 points, five rebounds, a steal and a block. He was efficient, two threes, hit all his free throws. It's a good line, but I don't quite understand it. We hold John Collins um, and, I don't know, just ride it out. He's been pretty boring-ish, not the greatest pick. I thought he could be a sleeper this season, but I don't really think that anymore. He's just kind of float around that 100 to 120 zone, which is fine, but nothing exciting. Uh, Larry Markin is back up and rolling a little bit now. 26 points, 10 rebounds. He hit three threes, seven of eight from the free throw line. Typically, he had no steals and blocks, but also didn't turn the ball over. That's that's pretty Larry Markin. And Colin Sexton is a must-have player right now, at least until Keontae George and or Jordan Clarkson are back. He is going to just keep scoring. He's he's going to hit some threes. He had a block in this game. He actually isn't a super inefficient player. He can he can score relatively efficiently. He's not like a chucker and uh, usually can give you decent free throw percentage as well. We only missed one of his four this game. So I think he is a must roster at least until those guys, uh, at least one of those guys are back. And probably so is Talon Horton Tucker. 19 points, 11 assists and a steal. Um, didn't murder your percentages, which is always very nice. In fact, was good from the free throw line, seven of eight. So uh, again, while... Um, um, Keontae George and um, Jordan Clarkson are, are out. He is a guy that we stream, which which might not be much longer. But yeah, if they miss more time, he is definitely someone we stream in and add. We don't need to worry about Kelly Olynyk if you added him for a stream. You know, just what a steal and two blocks and six assists. It's all okay. 19 minutes is not. So I'm happy to move on from him as I am. For everyone else in this team, Walker Kessler, 10 and 5 with two steals and a block. It's not the greatest line, but the fact is he's playing 30 minutes, and that is more like it. And I think that he is still maybe a buy low, and I still feel pretty confident that he will be much better than this. On to the Cavs. We had a pretty bare-bones roster here, and they still managed to get the victory over the Jazz, which maybe says something more about the Jazz. Um, but uh, I want to talk about Sammy Merrill, who... For deeper leagues, I think is definitely an ad and wait and see whilst this is going on while uh, uh, Garland is back, uh, while he's out and, and until he's back. We also had no Donovan Mitchell in this game and obviously no Evan Mobley. So they needed some people to get up shots and score and it was him, it was Levert, it was Jared Allen and Max Struess. But Sammy Merrill is available pretty much everywhere. He had eight three-pointers and he is a good three-point shooter. 8 of 14, if that's more like 6 of 14, the line is still pretty solid. The fact that he's getting up 14 three-pointers in a game is more impressive to me than like the line itself. So he's obviously confident and they're willing to let him let it fly in this in this sort of situation when they have players out. So I think he's definitely an add in 14 teams and deeper. And if you need a three-point guy for the short term, Sam Merrill can be that in 12s because, um, yeah, they need someone to take the shots. And he looks like a legitimately good three-point shooter. And he can be a 40-plus percent guy. So, like I said, if he goes 6 of 14 from the from the three-point line, it turns it into 21, 3, and 2 with a steal and six threes. That's still bloody good. Um, so I think that he can be added in specific situations in 12s. And in deeper leagues, I think he, he can be an add and, and sort of wait and see how things go when Donovan Mitchell comes back. Um, you might be able to maintain when Mitchell's there. Um, probably not when Mitchell and Garland are back, but I'd be adding and just sort of seeing how things go because I think he's he's better than um, Dean Wade, obviously. I mean, the different positions, but you know that's, that's clear to me. Okoro, he flashed some things, but... Yeah, not not someone I'm really super keen on outside of like a steal streamer and didn't have any steals in this one. Um, so yeah, Craig Porter Jr. played 24 minutes, six, seven, and six with three blocks. He is solid, poor, efficient night. So if he shoots better, this line looks a lot better. He's streamable, but I don't think his value is going to be able to maintain super long term. Uh, I think if Donovan Mitchell comes back next game. You can you can pretty much move on from him. I, I think I think he's only really there when Garland and Mitchell are out, um, and that is all I've got to say on that game. Jared Allen he did all right in this game: six, seventeen, eight, and three with two steals, efficient, solid. Jared Allen, good job. All right, let's move on to Denver Nuggets versus the Toronto Rapids. Jokic, the number four ranked player so far this season. Um, had a solid night, 31 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 blocks, efficient, hit three threes. very, very nice, good job Jokic. Um, when I say I didn't think that Jokic was a lock for number 1, I, I still 
had him ranked number one on my on my site on my pre-draft. And and if you took him number one, it's I don't think it's the wrong decision. I'm just saying that it's hard to be the number one guy for multiple years in a row when there are so many great players in the NBA. I said this I said this before, but there's the top of fantasy, especially like Embiid, Shea, Giannis, Jokic, Luca, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Davis. There's like seven guys who, ten years ago, would be they'd all be number one players in fantasy basketball. I feel like that the cream at the um, top of fantasy basketball is is probably the best I've ever seen it. To be honest, because there are some really ridiculous stat lines going around. Um, and uh, yeah, Jokic in minus one, he's actually, what is that? One, two, three, four. He's sixth at the moment because John Moran has played one game. So I mean, it's fifth really. Um, but yeah, obviously he's still bloody good. Um, and don't stress if you drafted him number one because I would have done the exact same thing. And I think he's still going to be bloody awesome. Um, Jamal Murray, 20 points, four rebounds, six assists. I would have loved to get it, get some free throws from him, but one steal and two blocks, that's really good. Aaron Gordon has, for some people, has been said he's been really disappointing this season. I push back on that. I think he's been pretty solid. Um, he went through a quiet patch a little while there, and this isn't a great game, but I still think that he is a guy that we need to have on our fantasy rosters, especially if you're in a punt uh, threes or a, a punt free throw percentage in points leagues. I think he's pretty good as well. Um the defensive stats didn't come here, but he can normally chip in some defensive stats on on given nights, and he's had some big rebounds and assist games in the past as well. So I, I still think that Aaron Gordon is going to be, you know, there or thereabouts to the top 100 in minus one rankings, um, and, and I actually think he's had a, had a pretty good year so far as someone who's had him on their fantasy roster. I've you know, been been somewhat happy with my pick with him. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. by low continues. Shot poorly in this one. He will shoot better. His value is all about how he shoots. Um, didn't have a block here, and he can bring some of those sometimes as well. So continue to send some by low offers. And KCP, I can never stream the days that he gets steals. I streamed him last game, no steals. I've, I don't think, I think I've streamed him like three or four times in injury pickup, and he might have given me one steal out of those four games. He had three in this one, so that's great. That's why you would have him. Two threes, had a block, had three assists, no turnovers. Great. That's that's cool. He's still not someone you have to have on more than as a streamer. I think that's all we need him for. On to the Raptors. I said this before, and then immediately the half after, he made me look stupid. But I'm worried about Jakob Pertl. He had 19 minutes in this game, only the two fouls. They just seem to want to play smaller more often um, with Precious at the center sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, Chris Boucher. And sometimes they just get Gary Trent Jr. in there and play Pascal Siakam as the center as well. So I'm worried about him in points leagues. I don't think you need to have him. Uh, I think he can. I think he can be dropped. He is... On the category league side of things, the 96th ranked player for the season. Now, he's better than that when you take into account punt free throw builds, but it's trending the wrong direction, and I don't like what I'm seeing um, in terms of just the their preference of going small often. Now, prior to this game and the last game, there was a very decent run where he was you know, nearly getting high 20s in minutes most nights, but it's not the first time that they've done this, and uh, I don't know. They lost this game, so hopefully that de-incentivizes them. And I don't think he's a drop across the board. But have a look at your roster, and especially in a points league, if his average is close-ish to the guys on the waiver wire, I'd, I'd be okay dropping him for a streaming position in that kind of a situation because he's not a guy that's going to come out and you know drop 30 points on any given night. Um, yeah, so I, I think uh, I think in a points league, in a twelve team category league, I still think you you hold on to him, especially if you are punting threes or free throw percentage. Um, but uh, color me concerned for Yaka Pittle, and hopefully that's a rocket that he needs to get going because last time it did work uh, mid game as well. Um, OG Ananobi, he's also struggling, and I've said before, I don't think he's appeared on any of my buy low shows because I was. Not very high on him in the preseason. I can't remember if I had him as a bust or not, but he was never a guy that I don't have him anywhere, and never a guy I targeted. He led the league in steals this year, zero in this game, and is below. And I think that the steals, um, or the scheme for these Raptors, doesn't really promote steals as much as the scheme did last year. And uh, 
Look, he did. He wasn't even inefficient this game. He only just—it's just the fact that he had nine shot attempts. Um, usage was very low. He's not getting any bump in assists with Fred Van Vliet gone. That's all going to Barnes, Siakam, and Schroeder. So I don't think he's a drop in, in a points league. He might be. He—he he, he definitely might be a drop in points leagues. It's, it's not like the minutes are low either. They played nearly forty minutes in this game. He's just not involved in the offense as much. He's a better player than he is a fantasy basketball player when the steals aren't there and you're taking to those, um, you know, minus one rankings in, involved. So I still think he's a holding category leagues, um, but I don't think he's a buy low. I think he, I think he's going to be a bit of a disappointment this season for fantasy. Uh, Scotty Barnes and Pasquiakum kind of did their thing. Uh, we got usage for Scotty Barnes over Siakam today. Can't really pick at most games, but I think... For the most part, they've both been pretty good, and Scotty obviously better than that. Very good, um, but he is he's slowly ticking back down to where um, he was ranked basically by Yahoo, which I think was forty fourth in the preseason. It wouldn't surprise me if he ends up relatively close to that by the end of the season. The New York Knicks versus the Brooklyn Nets, Battle of New York, and the Knicks come away with the victory. Now we had the news today that. Um, Mitchell Robinson, Mitchie Robinson is expected to be out for the rest of the season. So Isaiah Hartenstein is going to have value for the rest of the season is basically the, the takeaway from that. He had 30 minutes in this one here. He's not going to shoot and score a lot because Tibbs doesn't want his centers doing that, but he can do a lot else. 10 rebounds, three assists, two blocks. He's normally super efficient, only one for three for today, but he is someone that in a punt point situation is amazing. But even if you're not in a punt points, you definitely absolutely grab him. He is a must roster player everywhere in a points leagues. I still think he's a must roster player because those rebounds, assists, blocks can be valuable. And uh, But his upside is not quite as high in a points league. But in I, th- I do still think in 12-team points leagues, he is a, he's a guy you add. Um, but 100% in a category league, he has to be added by someone in your league uh, for fantasy basketball purposes. Um, now, they are still without Jericho Sims. So he... I'm not exactly sure how long he is out for. So at the moment, they're rolling with Taj Gibson as basically their backup. He played 13 minutes. So between he and Hartenstein, they combined for the 43 minutes at the center, which meant that they ran um, Julius Randle for five minutes at center. And at least while it's Taj Gibson as the... um, as the backup center, I actually do think this helps a player like Josh Hart, who outside of a an ejection game, which was two games ago, he, um, he's been playing very high minutes. Sometimes it hasn't resulted in much, but what has been more consistent is his minutes are close to that 30 per game, which for Josh Hart, historically, that is enough for him to have value. He had a great game here. 10 points, 13 rebounds, 3 assists. He had two threes, perfect from the free throw line, and a steal in this one. I think that you could do worse than adding Josh Hart for now, at least while, weirdly enough, Jericho Sims is out. He's got a sprained right ankle is the injury. Um, So... I don't think it's going to be super long-term, but it might be a week or two here that he is um, out, and I don't think they're going to be running 48 minutes between Gibson and Hartenstein. Randall will move up to the center for five minutes, and that might afford Hart that extra sort of three to four minutes he needs to get up closer to 30 per game and be at least useful in fantasy basketball. It's not for everyone. It's more for those punt points teams, um, but... I do think that this helps Hart a little bit. When Sims comes back and they do feel more comfortable going with 48 minutes at center with him, then I do think that does... It basically pushes Hart back to where he was. So a roundabout way to say that I think Josh Hart could be a speculative ad if you don't mind a low-scoring player. Uh, Emmanuel, quickly, he had 23 minutes, 19 points, uh, four threes. He's just going to keep doing what he's doing. He's back end, and it's hard to predict the minutes between he, DiVincenzo, Grimes, and um, who was the other one? I swear there's one more. No, maybe it was just those guys. Uh, And Hart, really. Um... So, yeah, he's a streamer, probably more so than anything. I thought he might have been a guy we'd hold and he'd carry over last year's form, but I don't think so anymore. Um, Jalen Brunson, 16, 7, and 8. Solid, inefficient from the field, but otherwise pretty solid. One steal is, is okay. You don't expect a lot from him. DiVincenzo, he was efficient, hit five threes and had three steals. Great. He is a bit all over the place, but if you don't mind riding a roller coaster, he can be a guy you have in 12-team category leagues at the moment just for the threes and steals, but... It can be it can be a 
a roller coaster of right highs and lows there. And if his shot's not falling or he's not getting many shots, it's not providing you too much value. Uh, and Julius Randle was was pretty much Julius Randle here, except with efficient free throw shooting, which is always that's always a nice surprise. Uh, let's go over to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Mikhail Bridges. He nearly made the buy low show earlier this week. Um, but I was well down on Bridges in the preseason. I did have him as a bust at the start of the year, and it's even been worse than I predicted. So do I think it's going to get better than this? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but not by much. I mean, 4 of 21. So he had the most shot attempts on the team. He's not going to be that bad. So the, the percentages is going to improve. And if he's more like, you know, 9 of 21, that, that then turns into, what would that be? That would be close to 25 points, 5 and 2 with 2 steals. And that's and that's pretty good. That's what we want from him. And I think that's still a, basically a top 50, top 40 player. Um, but not a top 20, not a top 25 or 30. I do still think that he was overdrafted very much so because he's durable and because he had a small sample size ranking when he got traded. The number one lesson I'm learning, uh, and I've, I've learned this, and I'll try to communicate this a bit more in the future, rankings in a small sample size is not useful. Stats in a small sample size can be, and when you and, and this is what I did with players like Jalen Williams, who was a big, you know, ranked in inside the top forty in the, in the last three months. Mikael Bridges ranked inside the top twenty-five the last three months. But even when you copied and pasted their averages from that time into the projections overall for this entire season. Their ranking dropped back like 20 or 30 spots just because a lot of guys at the back end of the year had some weird averages in that smaller time and they overtook them when I expect them to bounce back. So I would ignore rankings in small sample sizes. What I would not ignore is production. So that can be useful, I believe, but I think we throw out the rankings when it comes to you know rankings in the last two months, rankings after the uh, All-Star break or whatever that is. We just look at the production and and I heard this somewhere. I can't remember who said it, but um, you know, fantasy points is probably a better indication of um, their value compared to rank because that is just a pure hard and fast number that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the league and what they're doing. It's just their own production. So that's a better indicator of, okay, what can they do and combine that back into the rest of your expectations for the league. That's a long ramble, but I do think that that's a lesson that I've learned and I'm going to continue to preach probably next year as well that ignore the rankings in, in small sample sizes. Um, what else can we uh, learn from this? Uh, Cam Johnson, 20 points, four threes, no steals, but he is, I think, underrated. Um, he's had a downish season, but I still think he could be better. So he, he, I've had him at a buy low show and I still think he probably is a bit of a buy low. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie was awful in this one. He had three of 11 shooting, 10 points, two rebounds, two assists. Uh, if he's not getting assists, it's it's not great, but I think you can still keep holding on to him. And let's call, talk about Cam Thomas. He was good Cam Thomas, eight of 18, so not super efficient, but the good thing is he is still getting his usage, four threes, five assists, which is nice to see from him. Didn't get to the free throw line much and misses only one, which does suck. Normally, that's a good part of his value. Uh, but he obviously is not going to do what he did to start the season. But I still think he's a guy that we obviously have on our fantasy rosters. But hopefully by now, we understand more or less what Cam Thomas is and not the, you know, he's a bucket, you know, he's a he's a baller kind of Cam Thomas hype where everyone, you know, saying that he's going to be an all-star and all this sort of stuff because that I think is obviously not the case. Atlanta Hawks versus the Houston Rockets high-scoring game in this one. Trey Young, 30 points, 14 assists, um, had five threes and a steal. Poor from the free throw, missed two free throws, which is unlike him, but that's a great game. And uh, let's check the centers here because Onyeka Okongu outplayed Clint Capella in this one and earned the minutes over Clint Capella. Now, Capella did have the three fouls, but it was more at the end of the game. So I don't think the fouls was the limiting factor here. They just lent on a Kongu more. He played 32 minutes compared to Capella's 21. They crossed over for about three minutes in the second or the first and second quarter, I think. So not much at all. They just went with a Kongu and played with him at the center. So I think absolutely, if he's for whatever reason on your waiver wire in a category, you go and add. And you might even want to add him in like a 14-team points league or a back-end 12-team just to see how things go. He's not going to have the upside in a points league, but this is a solid game. 19 points, 11 rebounds, and 2 assists for 34 fantasy points. That's that's pretty solid. I, I think he, he's not super high upside, but he can still be solid enough. Um, DeJounte Murray, he 
had a decent game, 21, 3, and 5 with a block, three threes. And DeAndre Hunter, 11, 1, and 3, and 0 else, 50% from the field. But yeah, he just sucks. And again, he's fine, but you can probably do better by streaming his position. Sadiq Bay 9 and 9 with nothing else as well. Similar story. You don't need to have him. He's okay because like we talked about Jeremy Daniels, 31 minutes, established role. That's all great, but... It's just not very exciting, and um, I'd rather be hunting for potential league winners um, on your waiver wire. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a different story, though. I think he is a must-roster player. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal, and a block. 4 threes, perfect from the free-throw line, and 8 from 14 from the field. Great game from him. No turnovers. Actually, awesome game. Love it. Uh, And he played 29 minutes. He is cooking right now. He's had a great season, actually. Probably needs more credit to go his way. On the Houston Rockets side, big game here from Jabari Smith. My guy, Jabari Smith. I was leading the Jabari Smith bandwagon last year, and probably wrongfully so, but... He's showing that I'm not a complete idiot uh, because he's improved recently. And 14 of 14 from the free throw line, you absolutely love it. The fact that he's aggressive and getting to the free throw line. He had four threes, four blocks. The 13 rebounds is awesome. 41 minutes is awesome. He's a good player. And, um, you know, pre-draft, I had him ahead of Paolo Boncaro. Probably looks stupid still, but maybe... Maybe a little bit. I don't know. I think he could be really good. And uh, I like what I'm seeing recently from Jabari Smith. Obviously, if he's available, you definitely go ahead and add him because I think he can he can continue to improve. Um, Alper and Shangoon, only the 26 minutes. They, um, they've been like limiting his minutes a little bit recently. Something to monitor. You don't really have to do anything about it. But if you do get a top 30 player in a trade-off, I think I'd take it. Top 35 probably as well. Um the free throws mean that his ranking doesn't look as good as he probably has been, and he definitely suits a punt threes or a punt field th- free throw team better than any regular or roto team. But yeah, I think he yeah, it's a little bit concerning that the minutes more recently have been down a bit more. Um, Jalen Green, sixteen four, two assists, a steal and a block. I wouldn't get too excited about that. He is he's close to droppable, but in most cases I probably would be holding. And Dylan Brooks, nineteen points. He played twenty nine minutes, two steals, five threes, efficient. Uh, well, we'll take an efficient Dylan Brooks any day of the week. I don't think we need to fall for it and grab him. And Freddie Van Vliet is cooking right now. 15 assists. He's just playing so many minutes. 44 minutes in this game. And maybe it wasn't Nick Nurse. Maybe it was Fred Van Vliet that is just a psycho and hates his own knees and um, just loves to, I don't know, loves to just play basketball without stopping. Um, yeah, so for his per-game fantasy point of view, it's great. Hopefully he doesn't get injured later in the season. And uh, I just just quick little thing. I want to see Amen Thompson play more minutes. I know he's been sick and things. Eight minutes in this one. He needs to play more minutes. This guy, I think, is going to be a superstar, uh, at least from a fantasy point of view. I think he's going to be a really good player in the NBA. Um, it's hard to see it happening this season at all. But I want to see him at least play double this. Uh, probably closer to 20, 24 minutes, I think he needs to play because I do think he's going to be a very valuable player for them. So, Houston Rockets, if you're listening, play a man more. All right, let's go on to LA Lakers versus the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls pull one out and beat the Lakers 124-108. Not a whole bunch going on here. What we do need to watch is D'Angelo Russell, though. He had 27 minutes in this game, but was horrible, horrible, horrible. Two points, one rebound, two assists, and nothing else. Very, very bad game. Now, I don't think I'm dropping yet, but I'm definitely watching it because in this game also, and it wasn't even him that affected him, but Gabe Vincent did come back. He only played the 13 minutes. And prior to this, he was being lowered down in minutes anyway. They were going more Reeves. They're going with some bigger players as well. And now you throw Gabe Vincent back into the mix. There's a reason to be a little bit concerned with D'Angelo Russell. So if I could get a top 100 player back for D'Lo... I probably would take it because there's a bit of concern here. I don't know if you're going to get that, but you know, if um, someone offered it to you, I would take it. So just keep an eye on that here. Cam Reddish had the two steals. He is good for a steal stream. I also had three threes. That's solid. Uh, but really, these guys are all just crap. It's it's Austin Reeves, it's LeBron James, it's um, Anthony Davis, and the rest I don't think are regular rotation or regular you know, locks on your fantasy basketball team. They're all, uh, the rest just streamers, I think. Um, And we just watched D'Angelo Russell. In 10-team leagues, you could probably drop him, to be honest. In 10-team leagues, you might be better moving on from him. Uh, 12s, I'd probably wait still a little bit longer and let him prove it a bit more, have it 
go over a bit longer. On the bull side, back-to-back healthy games from Alex Caruso. Touch wood. Here we go. They've got a back-to-back again tomorrow, so we'll see if he's healthy. No steals in this game, but he had a block, 15 points, and he's efficient. Three threes. Love it. He's a great player. He's probably one of the best players on this Bulls team. Let's just hope to go across our fingers that he stays healthy. Uh, Patrick Williams, he's solid enough at the moment. 15-3-2 with a steal and a block. He can do that. The steal and a block is kind of a lot of his value, and if he shoots well, he can be solid. Um, Vucevic, he's been better with, obviously, no Levine. The usage is up higher. Um, and that's fine, but the efficiency has clearly dropped away, and I don't think that's coming back, really. Um, 10, uh, 13 and 10, two assists, a steal and a block, three threes is nice, but I stand by everything I said in the preseason that he was going way too high, and even when they adjusted it back, I still have a bit lower. Um, so I stand by that. How about Kobe White, though? He might end up being one of the picks of the season. Um, 17, 7, and 5, and I don't really think it's going to slow down too much. Um, he is absolutely cooking right now, and uh, looks like the... The, the player they're going to build around, really, moving forward, if they ever trade and blow it up. And oh, I saw... What did I see the other day? They were looking They were looking for someone... They're looking to trade for someone to help make them a better team. Or Who was it? I can't even remember who. They, they named someone, and it was just stupid. And if the Chicago Bulls are actually fooling themselves that they're still trying to compete to get into the playoffs, I swear to God, that is just the most frustrating thing that I've seen if I was a Bulls fan. Um, DeRozan had a good game here, 27-7-9. and He had a few poor games, so this is a welcome sight if you have him. If you have him and this game comes up and you get a good offer or you can sell him, I'd probably try and look to do it because he was trending down, uh, but super efficient from the field, hit three of three free throws, um, stealing a block, seven and nine uh, rebounds and assists. That's a great game. If you could execute a sell high, and by sell high, I mean like a top, 50, top 60 player, I'd probably take it. Definitely top 50, I would take it. Top 60, if it helped me in the areas I need, I probably would as well. Um, so I don't know if you're about to do that because there were quite a few bad games before this, but yeah, I'd at least explore it if it's possible. And then, yeah, just a whole bunch of nothing for us to talk about on the rest of the roster. Let's go to the other Laker, other LA team in the Clippers versus the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers are on a roll, and uh, Kawhi Leonard is on a friggin' roll. He is playing out of his mind right now. I said he was a sell high, I think, to uh, last sell high show, and he was he's been better, absolutely way better since then. But I still maintain that he is a sell high. He is cruising at like top 10 value over the last couple of weeks. And uh, if I can get a first round or even a top 15 player for Kawhi Leonard, I do it. He, I believe, has still played every game of the season so far. And um, But in that time, Paul George has been kind of in and out as well. He didn't play in this game. And I think as good as a player as Kawhi Leonard is, the efficiency will fall off a little bit more from him. And his minutes are sky high right now. I know everyone else in your league is also probably wary of his injury history in the past, but um, I think, again, you've got to at least try and and see if it is possible to execute a sell high on him for a top 15 player. I would take it. If you can't get a top 15 player, then I would just enjoy it and just hope, cross your fingers, that, you know, Alex Caruso style, that he doesn't get hurt or, or, you know, he's not sitting too many back-to-backs down the stretch of the fantasy playoffs. James Harden had been cooking a little bit more down in this one here, but still 17-5 and 11. He had two threes, seven of eight from the free throw line. Um, I think I'm more expecting this James Harden than what he'd been doing recently, but maybe it's somewhere in the middle. Um, Maybe he can be a second-round guy for the rest of the season. I still, I still would think he's more 20 to 30 kind of a range player in minus one rankings, but he has definitely been really good more recently. Um, the rest of this team, Norm Powell played well with 31 minutes with Paul George. He's a, a decent stream when it comes to threes and points, especially with when any of those three players are out, Harden, Kawhi, and PG. And PG was obviously out in this one. Westbrook is not. His minutes are not going up, even if one of those guys are gone. He's going to need multiple of them to be out, and probably more specifically James Harden for him to have value. Sold enough game here, but just noticing that the minutes haven't gone higher than 23 or 24 basically since he's moved to the bench, um, means that he's a clear drop in all category leagues and probably shallow points leagues as well. Um, 22 points, it's, it's just not... You can probably stream that position in in uh, 10 and 12 team points leagues. Uh, on the Mavericks, Doncic was goodish from the counting stats, murdered your field goal and your free throw. In this one, had five turnovers and one steal, no blocks. So 
solid enough, but also not very good as well. 28, 10, and 10 is obviously great, but um, the percentages definitely did hurt you in this one. Derek Jones Jr. has been great. He had 38 minutes in this game, 19, 3, and 2 with a steal and two blocks. Efficient, hit two threes, five five from the free throw line. Great. Keep streaming him in. When Kyrie Irving comes back, his value will drop, but I wouldn't drop him straight away. Just... um. Just see how things go. Dante Exum is still going out strong in 40 minutes in this one. His value is obviously cooled off a little bit here, but he's still fine to hold at least until some of those guys do come back. And we still don't have um, Derek Lively, who's got no timetable to return. Remember, that just means they're not going to say. They're either keeping it a secret and being super sneaky, or they just don't know. Um, It's a rolled ankle. I don't think it's going to be super long. I would expect he's probably at least back by their Christmas Day game, is my guesstimate. You know, prediction, I would say, at this stage. So I don't think it's going to be super long-term, and a lot of people freak out when they see no timetable to return or out indefinitely. It just means they don't know or they don't want to tell you, um, which is kind of shit, but that's basically what it is. Tim Hardaway Jr., still must roster player, I think, especially, well, if you're looking for threes and points. Um, had three steals in this one, which you take that and run any day of the week. Don't need to have Brent Williams. Don't need to have Dwight Powell. Uh, don't need to have any of their other bench players. It's just Tim Hardaway. All right, and let's go on to that last game, which is finished now with my Celtics coming through and dominating this one. Um, That was a big win for them, even without Jason Tatum, who was out with his ankle injury. I don't think he's going to be out super long, uh, at least I hope. Again, maybe that Christmas Day game, he is back by then. That's usually a a big game that players like to play, so he might be resting up until then. Um, But... Bloody Derek White, who is emerging as one of my favorite Celtics at the moment, uh, and he's just killing it. Three blocks. He is just dominating blocks recently. Uh, he's a good shot-blocking guard, but he's taken it to a new level recently, and uh, I kind of wait for it to fall off, but it's just not falling off just yet. So he has been an excellent, excellent pick. A little bit of a sell high, yeah, but he's also just going to smash his ADP as well, um, which is... Really cool if you drafted him. Jalen Brown, 28, 5, and 6. No defensive stats. He is... People ask me all the time, is he a buy low? And I sort of say, look, in your scoring system, if it's a points league, what he's been doing this season, for as terms of an average, is what I expect. I don't think he's underdoing it, overdoing it. This is fine. He's obviously going to be better when there's no Tatum. Um, but I just think that what he's been doing this season is exactly what I expected and what I expect to continue. So... Do with that what you will. Uh, Christos Pozingas looked like he got hurt a little bit at one point, but still played it out. It had six blocks, 24 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and three threes. Great, great game from him. And a great game and a welcome sight for Drew Holiday owners who 21 points, eight rebounds, and 10 assists with two steals and a block. The assists and steals are really what we love to see here because those have been down. He also was super efficient with four threes and perfect from the free throw. An awesome game from a lot of these Celtics, uh, obviously, which is why they crew to the victory and Peyton Pritchard who was a stream for me in uh, in one of the leagues that I'm in in a 14 team league 20 points 4 rebounds 4 assists in 29 minutes he had a steal had 6 threes they were calling him uh, what were they calling him um Pacific P, yeah, Pacific P uh, on the on the broadcast, which I did enjoy. He obviously you're not expecting this, but when those you know Tatum or Brown or something like that is out, he can step up into a high usage role, and he obviously hit a lot of his shots in this game. So on the back to backs, which they played last night and tonight, he is a guy that we can look to stream for threes and points. Um, you know, moving forward, especially if there are a, a player or two out. And uh, that's pretty much it. For deep leagues, Namus Kader, I actually really like what I see from him just from a Celtics fan point of view in me. I love what I see from him. I prefer him over a Luke Cornett. I wish they'd play him over him. I think he's got a bit of potential, and he's an excellent per-minute rebounder. Um, just out of this world per-minute rebounder. 18 minutes, 8 rebounds, and a steal in this one. Not someone that needs to trouble standard leagues, and maybe not even 14 or 16 team leagues, but if you're in a 20 or 30 team league, he needs to be absolutely under radar if he isn't already. For the Kings, obviously, they got blown out a little bit. I don't think their starters played in the third quarter because these minutes look very similar to what I saw when I was checking the the stats uh, at three-quarter time. But Fox came out on fire from three from this game. But after that first quarter and a bit, really slowed down. But 29-3 and three with three steals is still obviously really good. 13 and 10 and 8 are for Sabonis with a block. It's okay, but obviously 26 minutes. These guys are just all down at the moment. And Keegan Murray cooled off a little bit. He'd been 
on fire, and you might still be able to execute a sell high on him and blame the blowout nature to this one. I, I think he's a solid top 90-ish guy, but I don't think he's going to be a top 75, top 70 guy moving forward. And if you can get someone like that for Kikamori after his you know, explosion the last couple of games, I definitely think I would explore that. And there are a lot of, a lot of passionate Kings fans out there that you might be able to, you might be able to execute it uh, moving forward. Um, but yeah, not really too much else to d- discuss on this one. I still think Malik Monk is someone that we want to hold on to. 10, 2, and 5 with a perfect 4 from 4 from the free throw line. Um, missed all his 3, so not a great line, but I still think you hold on to him. Herder, you don't have to. He only played 16 minutes, so even in the blowout, much lower than everyone else. Um, so he and Harrison Barnes are not must-rosters. I would definitely rather Malik Monk in most situations. That will do us for our, uh, do it for us today, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a big thumbs up and make sure you are subscribed over on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy, and I will see you next uh, show for the Sell High, guys. Until then, bye! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Overdraft fees are just the worst. Get up to $200 in fee-free overdraft with a Chime checking account. Sign up today at Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.